Okay, shh, 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 everybody, be quiet. He speaks, he finally speaks. No, not me. Ron DeSantis. I've got real issues I got to deal with here in the state of Florida. We're obviously shutting down uh, CBDC, which is important. We've got so many things pending in front of the legislature. Uh, I've got to spend my time on issues that actually matter to people. Uh, I can't spend my time uh, worrying about uh, things, things of that nature. So, so we're not going to be involved in it in any way. Um, I'm fighting for Floridians and I'm fighting back against Biden. That's what I do every single day. Well, a small smattering of applause there for Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis. Um, It's Monday, March the 20th, 2023, broadcasting from Capitol Hill. Um, I don't do this very often, but I heard um, Ron DeSantis speak this morning and I thought I've got to talk about, number one, what he just said, tone deaf as far as I'm concerned. You can go back, you can listen to it, you can play it backwards, whatever you like. You can flip the tempo and the pitch and whatever. It won't change what he just said. And we'll get on to that in just a second. Uh, The other thing I want to talk about is why Ron DeSantis ended up there after a weekend of conversation about whether or not the former president, the 45th president of the United States, is going to be arrested. And, And I pause for effect there because... Those are some words that you shouldn't really be normalizing hearing, honestly, probably ever. You know, and, and we can get into whether or not you think it applies to other presidents, you think it applies to other corrupt regimes, but, but really, we're talking about crossing the Rubicon here. And, and I'll get into the why I think Ron DeSantis has, has, has really, really thrown thrown it all away this last weekend and and then finally i want to address some of the concerns that i know a lot of you guys have out there about actually being vocal and actually protesting as donald trump encouraged over the weekend um but first let's talk about what what ron DeSantis said this morning of course after a weekend of completely ignoring the issue not saying a single thing being harangued on social media all weekend by not just Trump supporters, but but people across the board saying, hold on a minute, you're supposed to be this person who is cut in the Trump mold, but is more mature, so they say, right? It doesn't doesn't send mean tweets, so they say. I mean, the 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 qualifications that now follow Ron DeSantis on a on a resume written by his supporters is 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 pretty much just boiling down to the old left-wing globalist adage of my mean tweets. He doesn't do the mean tweets. I hate mean tweets. And I think if you get into a conversation, a deeper conversation with people who have admired, and I will I will confess to having, I don't know, probably been one of the first in politics to tell Ron DeSantis that he should one day run for president. That's when I interviewed him back in 2000 and I think 15 uh, for the Sirius XM 125 Patriot radio show, the morning show, I think it was. And and yeah, he looked he looked pretty good. He was a congressman at the time. He was he was in the the Freedom Caucus. He was doing some neocony things, and and that's a subject matter I'll get onto another time. Uh, but he looked pretty good or overall, good looking family, well spoken, and you just. You look at it now, and maybe you're not as quite as far along with this as I am. I understand that one of the reasons that I, I sometimes appear ahead on a lot of the issues 
but also appear ahead in my, um, I don't want to say volatility, but perhaps my, my aggression toward, on, on certain issues, is that remember, uh, this may be one of the only things you politically do today, is listening to this um, podcast. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you are like me. But, you know, I was up from 7am this morning. I've spent almost not a single second without my head in the news. And that could be in the papers, in the apps, and the push notifications, on the websites, on the television, on the radio, on the clips, like everything. That's my job. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a horrible job, by the way. It sounds cushy. It's a horrible job. It's a depressing job. But somebody's got to do it. And, you know, I listened to this this morning about, about DeSantis, and I just think, man, how is it that every time I hear this guy, who I used to like, I, 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 it feels grating, and I just I don't enjoy it anymore. I don't enjoy him anymore. I, I don't like to listen to the, the voice. It's becoming more nasal. It's becoming more whiny. It's becoming more pusillanimous, right? I don't know. Maybe you don't agree with me. Let me know in the comments um, on the substack, rahimkassam.com. But the, the, the tone deafness of what he just said, and, and I'll, I'll happily... See, this is why I don't use email. You get these horrible notifications all of the time. Now I have to go on Do Not Disturb mode. Um, he said, I've got real issues to deal with. I've got real issues to deal with. We're talking here about the potential arrest of a former president. And and I understand that there are some people out there who have bought the, the NBC line of, oh, it's just rumours. Yeah, it's totally just rumours what they've been doing to Donald Trump for the best part of the last decade now. Yeah, it's totally just rumours, right? All of these court cases. Do you know how many we're talking about here? Do you know how much money it costs? Do you know how many lawyers are involved? Do you know how much time a day it gets spent dealing with this phony BS that gets thrown at Trump and his family and those around him and anybody that's been in his milieu over the last 40, 50 years? Yeah, it's just rumours. This one's just rumours, guys. Bullshit. Excuse me. Bullshit. And if you're somebody out there who's peddling that, then way to tell us that you were never with us at all. Way to tell us that you were riding the coattails, that you were hitching a ride on the merry bandwagon, on the Trump train, and that you'd always, always planned this sniveling little departure. Well, snivel off, okay? But those of us who understand what this man has gone through and what his movement has gone through understand that, that these ain't rumours. And by the way, we're better sourced. Because guess what? We have to deal with it every day. We get calls every day. We get explanations. Oh, this person is on a DOJ subpoena list. That person is... Yeah. I see these things. We know them. Don't give me... I mean, it's such a sophomoric way to try and get Ron DeSantis out of having to comment on something like this, right? It's just rumours. Yeah, because that's, that's stopped politicians before, hasn't it? Just nonsense. And then he goes up there and he says, oh, I got real issues to deal with. Yeah, listen, if the weaponization of your, your Justice Department... Uh, the weaponization of district attorney's offices, the weaponization... By, by, by the way, foreign money. 
let's call it what it is, a spade a spade. The Democrat dark money that rolls in from all around the world, the multinational corporations and the heads of those. If you don't think, Mr. DeSantis, that that is a real issue, then close up shop. And I don't just mean close up shop for your presidential run. I mean, that's it. Just abandon all of it. You, know, you can go and put out press releases about, oh, we're, we're taking the liquor license away from a Miami hotel for a few weeks because it hosted a drag queen story hour. Yeah, okay. I understand what you're doing. Like, we're not stupid. We know that you have come to this issue and that you are using it because it is quote-unquote red meat to the base and that we are the base and that you can placate us like that. But th but then guess what? Uncomfortably, people like me will follow along with that story and go, oh, actually, the hotel actually hasn't even lost its liquor license yet. Now there's an appeals process. It won't ever end up happening. And so all of that activity was down to a press release. It became just a press release. That's all they did. And you go, real issues. Real issues. Huh. So he won't be getting involved in it. He's quite happy to tell us that. He's not going to get his hands dirty with all of that. Helping the guy who helped get him elected. No, no, no. Helping the guy who put everything on the line in 2016 and 2020. No, no, no. Ron DeSantis can't possibly muddy his hands with something so trivial as the end <laughs> of, of the way that America treats its presidents? Yeah, well, listen, if he ever ends up in the Oval Office, he's going to regret not having done something about it, not having spoken up about it there. One of the things that I think um, he is now trying to balance, and this brings on, me on to my second point, is the, is, the, is, the, is the rock and hard place of trying to attract people who are not just MAGA, you know, they talk about the independence, we've got to attract the independence, but it's not, they're not really talking about the independence when they talk about the independence. That's a long way into the future. What they're talking about is establishment Republicans who have to, they have to, politically, it, it makes only makes perfect sense, they have to signal that they are not willing to vote for Trump next time around. They're not willing to vote for him in the primary, and they have to signal that they're not willing to vote for him in the general. I think that's wrong. I think the second part is definitely wrong, by the way. Um, I've seen, uh, you know, the first time I ever saw Donald Trump was at Freedom Fest in Las Vegas in 2015, and I watched him turn a libertarian crowd, a hostile libertarian crowd, to a standing ovation crowd over the over the course of a speech of I, I forget how long it was an hour or so and I just think once you once you get to that point um with Trump once once he's back on the televisions once he's he's hammering the other side I think a lot of those establishment Republicans who have, have bought the narratives right they, they still read the New York Times from time to time they still switch CNN from time to time I mean you can switch CNN on just by switching Fox on nowadays um and I, I just I, for me that doesn't stack up Make of that what you will. I always say, look, you don't have to trust me. Um, it's, it's, it's up to you. Uh, these, are, these, these are the opinions that I have come to over years and years of seeing all this take place. And by the way, being very scantly incorrect about such um, diagnoses. And I talk about this rock in the hard place because it, may, it, it does feel like a slow news day apart from the Trump stuff. But and maybe maybe some of the Brexit stuff in the UK, if you're interested in that. But you have to get really deep into this stuff 
to, to, to see the patterns and to recognize the patterns. And, and this is why I always tell people, hey, subscribe to the Substack. You know, I do it for you. There's no reason that you're going you're gonna to have to dig through all of this stuff manually yourself. You know, I do it for you. I, I share it on social media, this stuff on social media every day. And we're actually developing a new product where um, you're going to be able to follow along with my um, news analysis in in almost real time via the National Pulse website. So make sure that you go to the nationalpulse.com as well and and sign up for all the the, the, the gadgets and gadgets that pop up on that screen there because that's that's what we're going to turn this into, especially for this next uh, election period. But in the meantime, I thought I'd hop on here and explain it to you. The rock and the hard place is is, is best probably symbolized by an article that was in fact in the New York Times today, and it's an opinion article. Um, by Gail Collins and Brett Stevens, and the article is entitled "Never Mind About Ron DeSantis," and it's it's effectively a a conversation back and forth between Brett and Gail, and um, it starts with Brett saying, "Hi, Gail. I guess we have to talk about Donald Trump's potential indictment and arrest, right? But before we go there, you know how I told you I'd vote for Ron DeSantis over Joe Biden? Well, never mind." And Gail goes, Brett, you're going to vote for our big spending president, student loan forgiver, tax the richer? And Brett says, I'm still holding out faint hope that Nikki Haley or Tim Scott or my friend Vivek Ramaswamy or some other sound and sane Republican long shot somehow gets the nomination. And Gail says, happy to gear up for that fight. So what is the what is the casus belli from, from Brett Stevens uh, against Ron DeSantis here? Well, he explains it in the next sentence. He says... For Ron DeSantis to call Russia's invasion of Ukraine a territorial dispute in which the United States does not have a vital interest told me he's very unfit to be, totally unfit, sorry, to be president. He's pandering to the Tucker Carlson crowd. And so you see how after a week, you start to see, I hope, that after a week of getting panned and kind of culminating in this uh, disavowing of him by the establishment base that he has been, he has been actively attempting to garner support from, that Ron DeSantis now feels that, hey, I can't weigh in necessarily on Trump's side on this thing. I can't be seen to be a defender of this stuff. I can't go full MAGA because people like Brett Stevens and everything that Brett Stevens symbolizes, no matter how niche or small or, or tactically irrelevant, you know, he's got the advisors, the, the, the modern-day iterations of Karl Rove telling him, no... We really need those people. You're going to need them in primary season. You're going to need them across the country. You know, these are the serious ones. You're certainly going to need their checks. There's big checks. They come from the country clubs. You know, you want the little checks. Yeah, you go to the MAGA voters, give you five, ten dollars here or there. Well, you want those big checks. You want the max outs. You want the millions. You want the pack money. That's the Brett Stevens posse right there. And, you know, he, he, he took it in the neck on the Ukraine stuff. Not that I think he was even particularly robust with it. But he took it in the neck on that because he used the phrase vital interest and he said he, he dared to say that um, defending Ukraine's territorial integrity isn't in the US vital interest. I mean, something that is abundantly obvious to almost every single person out there right now. You you could have moral uh, purpose over that fight, by the way, Um I'm pretty sure you can have moral purpose, or you can think you can have moral purpose on both sides of that fight, or or all eighteen sides of that fight, whatever it may be. Um, which is which is probably somewhere where Ron DeSantis lands. But but you know the tactical purpose, the the strategic imperative. I think most people realise, yeah, not not particularly there. 
oh yeah, Russia bad, yeah, whatever. Better idea to push Russia and China. Anyway, but point for a different podcast, right? Or, or not, considering I've been saying that for nine years, you know, since I was in Kiev during the Medan Revolution. And so DeSantis finds himself between the rock and the hard place. The rock and the hard place being, okay, I have to, I have to pander to these establishment Republicans, but on the other side, they're hammering me over what I said a week ago. So better, better just to stay out of it. And that brings me on to the final point of this short audio update. Some of you call the podcast. And some of you subscribe and like and leave a comment and share it. And I hope many or more of you do as well on your pod- podcast, podcast, podcast platform of choice. Um, whether it's Apple or Spotify or Google or, or what have you, whatever you're using to listen to this, please, you know, do go in, give it a like, give it a comment, give it a share. Um, and subscribe every little helps and every little helps gosh these segues are hot and this is totally unscripted by the way um i literally heard the ronda santis audio a second ago and jumped straight on here but every little helps i do think applies to standing up against the tyranny of the regime and and the tyranny of the regime is becoming abundantly um, in your face and it will continue to do so until the next presidential election they they know you know if you're somebody like me and you study that how the money moves around all of the time and i've got an announcement coming on that in the next few weeks as well um but if you're somebody who follows this stuff you understand that the money is becoming larger not smaller in its amounts and its deployments, the groups, the fake groups, the front groups, the pop-up groups, um, how it spills over into so-called right-wing organizations such as Match Labs, American Conservative Union and CPAC, you know, the Zuckerberg money that goes there and the Soros money that goes there. It just sort of keeps them as controlled opposition, right? That is growing, not shrinking. And that will continue to grow and not shrink because they, they are now seeing that, oh, the right is starting to understand our playbook and what we do. This may be the last time we get to do it unencumbered yeah that may be the case um and so what is the you know what are the options left on the table for people well i'll tell you what what the option that i think is is it comes last right and 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 is a never option for me you know some people are never trumpers but i am a never do not do nothinger right like i i fundamentally do not believe that you sit on your hands and that you sit at home and that you watch the television and you make a cup of chamomile tea and you cover yourself in a cozy little blanket and then you just sit by and watch the world degenerate i i never believe in that i will never believe in that and so as i conclude this episode i will be making my way up to new york to stand with the new york young republicans who are putting together a demonstration of sorts um in manhattan this afternoon maybe by the time you're listening to this it's already happened maybe antifa have come and shot me in the head i don't know i don't care Uh, the point is that you don't do nothing and i have I have a little sympathy, right, for, for people who are fearful. Like, fear is a motivator. I understand that. Um, but I don't have much sympathy for the people, especially who are going, oh, well, of course, you know, the feds are going to, you know, interject and, and, and you know, you're going to look bad and they'll make you look bad. And yeah, like, plus change, right? Like, that's always been the case. When your founders were rebelling, the British were trying to 
you, you know, put the kibosh on it. They had infiltrators. They were trying to um, to generate that stuff from the inside out. All of these things. I mean, you think about how the left got it in it in its position of power. Is it because at some point somebody infiltrated Zuccotti Park and the Occupy protests and made them look bad, which they did, and then all of the left just threw their hands up and went, well, you know what? Guess we can't do that after all, you know? No, we're on a learning curve here as a movement. And the Ray Epps stuff, which I've written about at length, if you haven't seen it on my Substack. I highly recommend. <laughs> but that's a learning curve thing, right? That's, hey, tens of thousands of people corralled at the US Capitol, you know, literally yards away from where I'm doing this podcast right now, and had no leadership, had no steer, had no idea of what to look out for, had no idea that the, the feds would even necessarily do anything like this. It's a learning curve. That's not a reason to retreat and go back and hide and cower. 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 Don't do that. That's what they want. Oh, they want you to go out there so they can frame you. No, they would prefer that you didn't go out there and so they wouldn't have to frame you. They would prefer that you sat at home and did nothing. They would prefer that you watched the Oscars, right? That's what it's there for. The great bread and circuses uh, of our times. And so, I don't know, I, I believe in leading by example where I can. So I'm going off to do it right now. That is me closing my notebook. That is me putting my pen down. And this is me wishing you all... Have a good day.